This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian Division of the Cast Horse Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the Wings of Blue Cheese Podcast and the Buffalonian Podcast, with more shows on the way very soon. Find these shows wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or simply visit our website posted in the episode description. Now, without further ado, let's get into the Bills, Sabres, Hot Takes, and more. The Buffalonian Podcast. All right. Let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Callie, and as always, I'm joined by none other than Dom Loss. Dom, it's Tuesday. We're coming off of a victory Sunday, Monday. It's Victory Tuesday for us here, recording the Buffalonian Podcast. The Bills have a commanding victory over the Commanders. I like what you did there. Yeah, you like that? Um, They... uh, you know, they showed out again. They showed a very smart, concisive game. The players did what they needed to do, and... um, you know, Allen even finger rolls into the end zone. I, that was, and he hits, he doinks it off his head, which takes another level of skill. So, I mean, Spin. just general thoughts though before we roll into the 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 big the depth here of the game. Like, what on surface value? What were your thoughts? Well, I don't think my father liked the Josh Allen spin. He didn't like move. the finger roll. Well, he hates when Ryan Tannehill does it when he did it against the Bills, and he hates he, he's hated Ryan Tannehill ever since. So I don't. Ryan Tannehill always so, throws muff screen passes though. I know, remember that always, Miami one. three points, but. Yeah, it was it was a it was a really impressive win on the road against a team that was two and zero. Obviously, were they at you know they were still six point favorites. They were still projected to win, but to to beat a team by thirty plus points on the road in their own stadium is pretty impressive. And what's I think the most exciting part about it is you saw the defense really take another step. The offense looked you know workman like game, and I think. The best thing for the Bills is that they won by 34 points, and you look after the game and you say it could have been more, and there's more meat on the bone to pick. So it's it's the, the McDermott win. You dominate, but there's also a lot of things to also kind of clean up in, coming into a big week against Miami. Right. I mean, it wasn't 70-20. to 20, Okay, It wasn't that big of a score. But, I mean, you can't really complain here. The defense was dominant. McDermott's defense so far seems to be that tad more aggressive, and we're seeing a lot of players really show out this season. We're going to get to that. And, you know, James Cook in the running back room, just to comment on that real quick, holy cow, I mean, stuffing it down their throats. Kyle Allen's in the game. You're like, oh, they're not going to score again. You know, they're just they're going to just ride it out, run the ball, run the clock. Nope. March down the field and score a touchdown. And can't ask for anything more than that. But you do you did mention the defense there. And, all you know, all highlights last week were all scoring highlights, right? They were all, well, they were all offensive highlights. This week, though, we're, we're going to take a look at the defense here. So if you didn't see him on Sunday, you're going to see him right here. And we're going to start it out whenever you're ready with Micah Hyde's interception. Plays the ball beautifully. Jumps the pass. His first interception since that Patriots wildcard blowout victory. 47-17. Was that, was that what the, that score was at the end of the game? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, where he plucked the ball straight out of, straight, straight out of the air. Mac Jones actually threw a good ball in that, but... Same here. Uh, first one, 
after his injury last year, he looks to be back. He's excited. He's playing well. So hope to see more from him throughout the season. I don't. What were your? What do you think about that? Uh, it's just it's, it's a good read for Hyde to read the guy in the flat open third and short. The Bills were able to get pressure on Howell and make him not put probably as much as he would want on the throw. And Hyde read it from his safety position, came down on the play to kind of be that robber look and saw the guy open the flat and took the pick. Yeah. Alrighty. Next highlight, another interception from another player returning from injury, Tredavious White. Not recently returning from injury, but he's back. Plucks it right out. If only he could have stayed in the end zone when he was touched, right? You get him on the one-yard line, though, and Allen takes him right out of danger zone there. So Tredavious White plays that ball beautifully, jumps right in front. Uh, looked a little bit like, you know, the the intelligence, the the smart play that a Trey White pre-ACL injury would have made. And, you know, we were talking last night, we were watching Monday Night Football together. You know, the speed necessarily isn't there anymore after the injury, but the football IQ, which you just saw in that highlight, is still pertinent and still right there. Made a great football play. What do, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's the second time that, that half the Bills made a nice stop in the goal line earlier and, and then that in the red zone, getting the interception to take away. Again, the pass rush for the Bills kind of forced Sam Howell to not put as much juice as he wants in the ball, but Trey played it well, had inside leverage, didn't let the inside route beat him, and uh, it's a good interception. Alrighty, well, next highlight. If you had this on your bingo card, I have big respect for you. A little lackluster of a player the past couple years, number 57, A.J. Epinesa. Gets a pick six. Who had that? Who really, who thought that was going to happen this season? I mean, he great blocking, great help. I mean, he gets into the end zone there. I, If you told me A.J. Evanessa was going to have a pick six going into this game or the season, I would have called you absolutely insane. Um, he's been playing very well, getting a lot of pressure as well. Um, you know, he played that ball well, jumped right in front, picked it right out of the air, and trucked it all the way back into the end zone. I mean, to see A.J. Evanessa really coming out this season and doing things like that, I mean, what... What do you think? I, it's kind of exciting to see these guys who were kind of like, oh, lackluster, you know, they're not really showing out. And now they are. Like, it's it's exciting to see. Yeah, it's a good look for McDermott. Uh, obviously, you know, he sends the Blitzer and Milano, but he drops the DN and Epinesa off in coverage, so he's still only sending four, but doing it in a more unique way where it flushes Sam Howell. Yeah. Obviously, good coverage, and then an extremely athletic play by Jeff Anessa, and a good play by Matt Milano and Shaq Lawson to celebrate for a half second and realize <laughs> to get their butts downfield to, you know, spring them for the touchdown, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was... It's fantastic. So now we've, you know, we focused on general defensive highlights. There's one guy I want to highlight right now, and that is linebacker, middle linebacker, Terrell Bernard. We're going to start off with his first interception of the day, second of the season so far. What a play. Plucks it right out of the air. I mean, looking like a, like a, like a wide receiver out there. You know, normally if you don't have hands, you play on defense, but he seems to have some hands over the past couple weeks, him and Matt Milano both, but you know, to be to lose Tremaine Edmonds and have that question mark of the middle linebacker position in everyone's minds coming into this season, he's been showing out so far. He's been, you know, putting people at ease. He's been, I'm not going to say he's filling that void of Tremaine necessarily because this is these are two splash plays. I mean, in, yeah, but he also, he also had a sack, a couple of good run defenses. Right. He's been, uh, ever since the struggles, maybe a little bit in week one, maybe the nerves, uh, He's play, he played really solid game against the Raiders and he was elite. Uh, Sunday against the Commanders, and it's another play where third 19, the Bills do a good job of dropping off in the coverage, and Sam Howell actually this time had a good pocket, but Bernard's able to read his eyes and take away the middle of the field, and 
Um, Sam Howell, kind of, he's not a rookie, but that was kind of a rookie uh, mistake of filling the Should have just checked it down on third 19 for field goal. But <laughs> good, good play for the Bills to make another play to get points off the board, potentially for the commanders. Yeah, absolutely. Terrell Bernard, first player in NFL history to record two-plus sacks, an interception, and a fumble recovery in a single game since Bears Hall of Fame linebacker Brian Urlacher in 2007. So pretty, pretty, you know, that it, to be in that company, that's pretty, pretty good. So next, we're going to go to his fumble recovery on the game. So the interception, his play didn't stop there. Big pressure on Sam Howell. And he slides in there. The ball's punched out by Terran Johnson. He dives onto it. And look at that. He gets a fumble recovery on the day. Terrell Bernard having a day. That Kyle Brandt hype draft pick he did a couple of years ago is starting to pan out and be worth the hype. You know, he had one interception, as we saw. That fumble recovery, as you said, two sacks, seven tackles in that game. A stellar, stellar defensive performance that we had to highlight. I mean, there was no question about it. He really, he's been standing out the past couple weeks. He and Matt Milano, both the linebackers. But this past game, wow. I mean, what a, what a performance. Yeah, it's just another great play, especially it was after, you know, still a two-possession game, 16-0, early fourth quarter. They had just gotten stopped on that, you know, fourth-and-one slant that got bad down, so to get the ball immediately back to the offense and then for the offense to go right down the field and score in the short field to kind of put the game away Yeah, uh, was big. Yeah, the defense and offense played some serious complimentary football. Um, both sides of the ball were cooking. Uh, Tyler Bass also, you know, save he, he put a lot of points up on the board. Um, it's been, it, it was a good game to watch. And the defense really is showing out, making me more confident, as we're going to talk about on Friday, betting on the Bills. Um, in this Miami game, they put 70 points on the board, broke an NFL record of 728, I think, offensive yards, something around there. 726, I think it was second maybe, but yeah, something like that. I don't that. know if it was a record, but it was close. Yeah, I mean, 70 points, that's a lot, but... We shall see. We'll talk more about that on Friday. But I think my favorite new segment of the Tuesday Pods is coming up, and I go in blind every week. I love it. I think it's time. What do you What do you think it's time for? The Dom Five. The Dom Five. Let's hit it. All right. The first one. The man, the myth, legend. T Bass will be oh, I the greatest bit, huh? kicker of all time <laughs> in Bills history. Yes. Um, I don't think he gets his flowers enough because of, you know, Justin Tucker is a really good kicker. Uh, Daniel Carlson's a really good kicker. Harrison Bucker is a really good kicker. I feel like there's a lot of good kickers in the AFC, and T-Bass usually doesn't get the respect he deserves of being a top-end kicker. I mean, he's 7 for 7 in field goals. He's made 2 from 50. Obviously, he made the big one to force overtime against the Jets. Uh, he made a couple. I mean, fifty-four was a breeze for him in bad conditions. So yeah, yeah, he's he's been very reliable throughout his career. And all I'm saying, we said it last week about Brandon Bean knowing how to draft. I mean, it's showing even more six, a six-round draft pick on a kicker, and he hit. So well, I remember when we drafted him, I was like, "Well, Hauschka's out the door. You don't draft a kick. Well, you don't yeah. draft a kicker." Hauschka just didn't have the leg anymore to kick fifty-plus. No. But also. Getting him signed in an extension means we have, I believe they signed a four-year extension, so we have another four years of T-Bass after this, hopefully. So Yeah. No, I, I, I love that. I think he will be. Look at the last kicker who wore number two, Dan Carpenter, smashing his helmet, hitting him in the face. Well, I mean, it comes back to, you know, it's kind of a little bit like long snapper, honestly, with the specialists, is with kickers. You don't really realize how much you know a good one means to your team until you have a bad one. So Yeah, having exactly. a Having a very... I would even say, hypothetically, say a elite kicker. No, oh, I would say who can, who can make fifty yard field, fifty plus field goals. Who's very consistent. Good, yeah. make gets the PAT for the most part. Except that one performance in Chicago with the wind. 
Um, he's Wind, been very though. good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he even doinked it in to send the Bills to OT in that week one. So, you know, in clutch situations, he can get it done. What's what's What are we looking at for number two? Number two. <laughs> we previewed him a little bit uh, with Joe's analysis, but Bernard splashes. Yep. Big test ahead, though. Yes. I mean, this is a this is a performance of back-to-back weeks of a turnover. Two turnovers, really, is a fumble recovery. Has another sack. He's making a lot of splash plays. I love Tremaine, but it didn't seem like Tremaine was making these kind of splash plays consistently. But at this point now, it's all about can he stack week on the week, and he seems to have the right mindset. And obviously, with the success the Dolphins had of scoring 70 points against the Broncos, you see Tua's passing chart. A lot of it's in breaking routes, middle of the field. Guess who's in the middle of the field in the Bills' defense? Terrell Bernard. So he's going to be tested a lot next week. And it may not be the most prettiest game, but if he can make it one or two of those splash plays he's yeah. been having the last couple of weeks, uh, would be crucial for the Bills. Yeah, he and Milano, I mean, talk about splash plays from linebackers, two of the best examples. He being so young is also fantastic. Um, you know, losing a guy like Tremaine Edmonds, who's great tackling, you're still seeing the tackling numbers come from Chicago. Um, it's it's given me a little bit of peace of mind here, seeing such a great performance. Not only just the splash plays, but he's consistently tackling. He's, you know, pressuring also. He's getting behind the, the line of scrimmage. It's it's nothing but positive so far, and you're right. It is a big test. Miami's offense is literally cooking with gas, 70 points, like we said. Um, it's going to, it's going to be a big test. It's going to be a great game. Uh, what's, what's number three, number three, James cooks, the commanders, <laughs> uh, James, Cook, I like what you did there. Good performance. I mean, I think fantasy owners will be a little disappointed that he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this season. I saw a stat where he's projected to get about 1800 total yards and zero touchdowns. So, oh. uh, not, not the, not the best there, but I think we even saw his game against the Jets that he was really explosive, just kind of against that front was tough. But the last two games, getting that 100-yard game against the Raiders, nearly getting another one against a tough commander's 98? team. 98, is that where he 98, was 98, yep. Yeah. I got him th- first and goal or whatever at the three. Only he was able to get a yard, unfortunately, so couldn't get that score, couldn't uh, get that 100 uh, yards. Uh, but he's been really good. And again, it's another situation where you love Devin Singletary and what he did for four years. Like He right. was really solid. Yeah, I think that would probably be the best word to design Singletary, but it just seems with Cook, the running game has this next level explosion that they, mm-hmm. they didn't really have with James Cook having having the ball in his hands. I mean we saw him make a linebacker look silly in the hole. Yeah. That pitch play at the end of the game. Right. That 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 explosion to cut up field. So I think having James Cook be the be the bell cow now has has added an explosive run to the game where, you know, Singletary was solid but he had four six six speed and it, it showed a lot. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Singletary, I think solid I agree with you. It's the best way. He wasn't fantastic. He wasn't horrible. Probably 50-50, right in the middle. Solid. Um, I James Cook, yeah, he's not going to necessarily score the touchdowns because we have two punch running backs for the end zone now and Damian Harris and um, Latavius Murray. They've been doing that for the past two weeks, really showing what they can do. Um, James Cook, though, I mean, the way he cuts is almost, it's almost like a, it's almost like a dance. Like he's not, it's not a hard sharp cut it's more of a shifty hips twirling you know like elusive cutting you know not not like 
I guess, kind of a similar cutting style to Shady a little bit, but something he's a little more elusive. He's a little, like. he's a little more. It's, I mean, he's more fluid in the hips. Yes, it's, it, it's he's not quick. sharp. He's not jagged, and you see that Smooth. he's throwing people off with that because you don't know what he's gonna do. So we're gonna see more of that. I do think he scores a touchdown at some point, oh. <laughs> whether that be receiving or rushing. Uh, hey, but, against Miami, the hometown team. Yeah, so. I, I'm all for that. Yeah. So then the, the fourth of the Dom five presents mcdavid mcdavid whoa (laughs) Uh, i was so good with the delivery there mcdermott's defense wrecks havoc um just an aggressive defense i think it's different between being aggressive through the blitz and just being aggressive with your coverages and how you're sending for like the bills have one of the higher percentages of sacks Mm mm-hmm but they were still, I think, the lowest blitz rate in the NFL. Yeah, because they only just do the four-man pass rush. They're not necessarily yeah. blitzing. Yeah. You know? So while they do, yeah, they do put pressure, and they sometimes will send like linebackers. It's interesting how he's kind of, as you saw the AJ Japanese interception. You know, send Matt Milano to overload the one side, but yep. drop the DN on the other side, so you have another. You know, you have seven in coverage. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're probably gonna eventually get burned on that by just dumping it off to the running back and one one with. Over- the end in space. Yeah, with AJ Vanessa, I mean, with his tackling. <laughs> but again, it's a situation where they're really aggressive in the back end. I think there's a lot more freedom uh, in in the back end to make plays to follow the quarterback's eyes. And, and we saw Terrell Bernard, uh, yeah, you know, multiple times last week take away Jimmy G by following his eyes. We saw it with the interception. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the only concern would be if you know the the pressure doesn't get there if he's able to move you. A, a smart quarterback will right. be, able to, be able to move you when you to play one him side or and throw you to the other. So yeah. I think I think that would be that would be my concern of it. But they're very aggressive in coverage and you you, you the with the sacks and the takeaways, uh, the defense is wrecking havoc. And obviously, I don't think they've played an elite offense. Like I think the Commanders are very big enemy is with their weapons is a pretty. Top Pretty, half of league yeah, offense. Yeah, yeah. I even think with the Raiders of Josh McDaniels play calling with Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. Right. That's they also held Josh Jacobs to nothing. That's also yeah. close to a top half of league offense. Obviously, yeah. the Jets with Zach Wilson's a bad offense. So th- their true test, again, with Bernard lies this week. McDaniels versus McDermott, head coach versus head coach, play caller versus play caller. Yeah, this is gonna be I'm I have not been excited for a regular season game like this in a long time. Um this is Two teams coming off of two good wins. And I just a, another stat on the Bills' defense. They've only allowed a touchdown in just two of 31 drives faced yeah. this season. And won- 6.5%. It's second yeah. in the NFL. Yep, Garrett Wilson and Devontae Adams. I would say the only, the last time I was this excited for a uh, regular season football game was the Cincinnati Monday night game. Yeah, just that and this was, is a Sunday at 1 p.m. Yeah, game. It's yeah. not even a primetime game. Nope, it's Chiefs-Jets. <laughs> like, Four. it's just, it's unreal. But, no, yeah, I, the the... McDermott's defense, I'm very happy with. Um, you know, we are seeing the splash plays. We're seeing the the pressure really get there. They're only rushing four guys. You know, if they do blitz, they're going to be able to get pressure too if they throw some stuff in there, you know. So I'm ready for the game plan this Sunday. I think you heard McDermott in his post-game press conference say, I think Miami just put up 70-plus points. So um, Yeah, we'll see. Know, I think yeah. my only thing with the defense is I would like to see – um, if they're going to keep Kingsley Jonathan active. Yeah, that's going to be I would like to see them uh, put Puna Ford in instead of Jordan Phillips. I, I agree with that. I, I think. think Jordan Phillips was really bad on Sunday. Like, he, w- he was 
very like the running compared game, to the rest of the line. Like yeah. if you looked at the film and like you looked at like the run game, like he was getting pushed around a little bit. Yeah, and that's how they really get some big runs. I I I, I don't know. I've never. I've always been on record of not being the biggest Jordan Phillips. I, I get the hype no, guy. Yeah. Having him on your roster for like the hype and the, right. that locker room presence. Locker room presence, all that. I've never mm-hmm. like even when he Morale. had even when he had like the nine sack season in twenty nineteen, it was like these are covered sacks. Like, yeah. These aren't no, like I you since we've started the pod, I remember we've talked about Jordan Phillips and you stayed consistent, so you know, there's no there's nothing there. I would like to see Puna Ford also play get, against yeah. the Dolphins too. I feel like, you know, little little NFL script Who knows, writing on but that, you know? The fifth and final of the Dom 5 for week three is the offense must sharpen up. I think this was a B-minus game from the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh's final numbers, you know, 218, a touchdown, an int. I mean, the int was an arm punt, but again, I just don't ever like interceptions because... Yeah, it was at the 18, so it's like you kind of would think that your punter would be able to back them up further than the 18 with your special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a little sloppy. Um, I didn't love all. I didn't think they had a great success on first down. They were really good on third down, really good on third down, but they had third longs weren't really successful on first down. Didn't love that there was a lot of second and ten runs. I thought that was a little confusing. Um, Dawson Knox first drive drops a touch perfect ball right up the seam for a touchdown. They lose four points there. Gabe drops a ball in the middle of the field that then leads to a Spencer Brown holding penalty the next yeah. play, which then leads to the interception on third down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kincaid tripping, tripping penalty, penalty, which I don't know what that was. Didn't love the third and twelve wide receiver screen pass. The Bills just can never do a screen pass like productively at all they get bailed out by t-bass having the like 54 so i think yes they were able to i you got to give credit to the offense because they neutralized the the, the washington d-line they did which is really impressive because they they have four dudes on that line yeah and they've been dominant all season yeah and so and to they, silence them's big and they did a good job of that i thought allen played well because i think he did a really good job avoiding pressure i think he did a good job not taking necessary hits yep didn't love again the interception i get it third and 20 give your guy a chance just don't yeah. i just don't love throwing interceptions ever uh i think the play calling you know a little bit could be um a tad bit improved a little bit maybe on second down without right. the runs and yeah let's not run on second and long you do a better know? job of finishing drives but overall yeah. against a pretty solid washington defense no it was uh, it was okay it was a b minus c plus kind of game yeah no i i 100 agree with you um i give josh some credit though on that first drive or second drive i forget which one it was when they're down in the red zone and he doesn't try and force that ball into the end zone. You know what I mean? He throws it away. Mm-hmm. That sh- I, I, it shows a little bit of that that growth for me, I guess. In the you know, let's not force this and have them start from the twenty yard line on an interception. You know what I mean? So on a touchback. So I think we're seeing a little bit more of that better decision making as well. Yeah, the arm punt or whatever we want to call it. That was a little like okay. You know, we were up sixteen to nothing at that point. So it was like. I'm not necessarily horrified by it, but at the same time, let's try to avoid that against Miami because um, they're not going to give us what the commanders gave us, I think. So, I, I think, I mean, you know, it divisional just, opponents play tougher it anyway. It just comes down so. to, you know, Miami ranks 32nd in DVOA and special teams. That's an advantage the Bills are going to have to hit on. And uh, the Bills are going to have to take a, advantage of their red zone trips, stop Miami in their red zone trips, and take care of the football. And yeah. I mean, they're taking better care of it already. It was I good. Think. Listen, good win. I mean, yeah. you beat a team by thirty-four, and we're still talking about what they should have done better. Is is again 
I think it's a coaching dream. Yes. You know, to win a game by that on the road against a solid football team, but mm-hmm. then still be like kicking yourself like we got more. Yeah. We got more. We got more left. We got more left to to to, to do. I think the, the coaching staff though is thinking alike to that. Looking at how Miami performed, I think it's going to be um, an interesting week. We're going to see a lot coming at us, and uh, the, the Bills are going to be throwing a lot at them again. Well, talk talking about Miami. You want to yeah. shift to the the there was two games in the AFC East again because yeah. of course there was the divisional uh, Pats at Jets. Yep, and ten to fifteen or fifteen to ten. Yes, and the Broncos uh, visited the Dolphins. <laughs> Happy to say, I went two and zero on those game picks uh, um, and betting on the Bills. So, did I pick the Broncos? I don't want to expose you, but if you'd like to expose, no, yourself. no, I'll expose myself. <laughs> I, see, I here's the thing: the Dolphins and Broncos. You know, I thought Pat Sertain might have done something, but I guess not. I guess we're going to leave Tyreek Hill open for the majority of the game. Um, the offense of the Broncos, though, wasn't necessarily the issue here in this game the defense was just letting miami basically curb stomp them into the ground at that point well that's what i thought was gonna happen yeah so i i don't know i guess i gave their defense a little too much credit but i mean you can't pin that one on russell wilson necessarily so no no. the the denver is a lot more issues also before obviously you know talking about that game really quickly devon a chain now a chain or a chan a chan that's what he wants questionable is he not I don't know, but he had a big game. Moster had a big game. Raheem Tua Moster, was really yeah. good. I think he won 16 for 16 in the first half. So, But yeah. again, as I said about their special teams, they gave up a kick return touchdown, and I know they were winning 63 to 13 when they kicked off, but yeah, that, they're, they're gettable on special teams for sure. So Yeah, um, that's where we got to strike right that's where there. You, that's where you got to take your advantages on when you have, you know, the Bills care so much about special teams. You know, you got to be able to beat the team. I mean, you got to be able to have – Right. Win, win the special teams battle when you play that. That's the Bills X factor a lot of times, and against Miami. Remember Micah Hyde on that onside kick? He recovered it and mm-hmm. took it into the end zone or to the, the house, or, or the butt punt off the, Trent Shurfield. Now the butt punt, Bill. oh the the bump block or yeah, whatever. That was horrible. I remember. But, um, just had my appendix out and I'm yelling. That was horrible. But, but uh, it, it just comes down to execution, and Miami played really well, and yeah. they got their job done pretty quickly. And then um, talking about. I guess before we talk about the the snooze fest in the AFC East, I do want to say Baltimore lost. So the only undefeated team left in the AFC is the Miami Dolphins, and if the Bills beat Miami, they will be the number one team in the AFC East. I don't know if they would be the number one seed in the AFC through four weeks. I don't know what the tiebreaking situation would be between the teams that could potentially be three and one. But mm-hmm. again, you know, next week the Bills could have at least. Tied for record, so yeah. all that all that fear of oh we're the, week one yeah. being like oh my gosh whatever. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, we could potentially be sitting at three and one. And the t- Dolphins were ahead of us last year at one point, right? Or were we always in front for a little while, right? Yeah, for for a little while. middle half of the season, I would say. I think they were eight and three, and we were seven and three. Yeah, and then I think before they, 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 they our matchup in week 16 the bills took it back but no the bills were like two games out at that point they were on a losing streak but yeah midway through the season it was the dolphins by tiebreaker over the bills for yeah. the longest so point. it's nothing new this isn't a new situation so i i don't think it's anything to be worried about we knew the dolphins uh were going to be tough to play and tough to be in a division with they're a really well built well coached football team and two has really shown out so well um, and this is big. I guess the reason why the Bills are not the number three team of the AFC East this week is because of the New England Patriots beating 
the New York Jets. Yes. Following the Jets now to from second place all the way to the bottom of the barrel. Because uh, they now don't have the tiebreaker on the Patriots. And both are one and two. So uh, it's a good result for the Bills. Um, obviously, I kind of I feel like you guys kind of want the Jets to keep losing at this point. Yeah. Um, because I, I feel like eventually they're going to get a quarterback to replace Zach Wilson. I don't think they would get. I don't know. It doesn't scare me from the perspective of like I still think the Bills will be able to beat them with whatever quarterback they get. But like I know they will eventually start getting wins when they get that quarterback. So I mean, the Bills just want them to go O for whatever with Zach Wilson, and they play the Chiefs next week, so it's not getting any easier for them. <laughs> no, not at all. And the Chiefs had an impressive game against the uh, the Bears. It was what was the final score? Forty one to ten. Forty one to ten. Taylor Swift was in attendance, um, so you know it was. Big win for Kelsey over there, but I, you know, the Chiefs aren't going to give them any slack. The Jets will lose next week, you know, early, early week, betting on the Bills prediction there, um, get a little sneak peek, but Whoa. it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, just the Bills Dolphins. I'm just so excited. I haven't been this excited, like you said, about a regular season game in a long time. So. It's good to have the, it's good to have a rivalry. Yes. And I don't know, like we talk. You know, born in 2002. So the Joe Marino era, Dan Marino, not Joe Marino. Jeez, I'm all over the place. Dan Marino era of um, the Miami Dolphins, the rivalry with the Bills. Never experienced that. You know, both teams were kind of lackluster when we were young. The whole AFC East really was, except for the Patriots. You know, you never really saw much of them. And now to have a big rivalry is is fun. It's interesting. It makes those games that much more intense, you know. Being at that... Well, you were at the Week 16 game last year, too, in the snow, in the color rush. Like, that was a crazy environment to be in. It was it was cool. Um, throwing snowballs and stuff. I, I think it just comes down to the fact of in our lifetime, the Bills never had a true rivalry no. with anyone. I mean, I guess now we have if you want to say the Chiefs-Bills, I'll, I'll say that. That's yeah. kind of like an interconference rivalry. But they never really had a true divisional rivalry because the Pats always dominated them. And even in the last three years, I know the Pats beat them once, and then we beat them in the playoffs. But... I don't know. They just never felt like they were on par with us. The Jets are the Jets. Yeah. You know, they've beaten us twice in the last two years, but they, they just, I don't know. Those games have always been kind of weird. But listen, the Dolphins are a really good team. Like the Dolphins, you can make the case that they're the best team in football, but uh, they got to beat the top, the three time defending AFC's, AFC's chance before they could be truly the top dog. And they're going to come, come in our house. So it should be a good game. Yeah, I'm glad it's a home game and not 110 degrees in Miami. So we're switching those up this year. So um, it's going to be good. going to be good. But I think we have some Sabres news on the Sabres docket. games to talk some about. Sabre, Sabres games to talk about today, huh? You were, in the, you were in the tuck. I got the tuck with the RJ Unfortunately, the he was not. he was in the lines today but not playing. Yeah. yeah. Oliver Nadeau is going to be playing instead right. of Alex Tuck. Levi's starting, though. Levi is starting. They're playing <laughs> the Bruins, which I think is weird. I'm going to say it. I always think it's weird. You know, I guess it's weird in hockey because you play every team twice right. in the regular season. So it's not like you could play a team and be like, oh, it's the preseason. We could do some stuff. But like they played uh, Toronto two next in Toronto. It's like, why would you want to play your division rivals in the preseason? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like the Bills yeah. play four teams, well, three teams now that they won't ever play unless they play them in the playoffs. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, that that's makes how more it, sense. Like you should, I honestly you should yeah. play I don't think you should play, be playing teams in like the other conference, but like the Atlantic team should be just playing cross with the Metro and et cetera. Yeah. Like why would you want to play No, I wouldn't want to touch t- division rivals. Yeah, like, why would you want to like, play the Bruins. them a third game to see what's going on? Like I that's don't know. Some, I, don't, I guess it's preseason in your line I just I just think that's bizarre. But yeah. 
to I go agree. over the game uh, from the other day on Sunday, the Sabres won 4-3 in, in a shootout. Uh, J.J. Paterka had a nice goal. Peyton Krebs had a nice goal. Zachary. Uh, Byron and uh, Paterka had goals in the shootout. Zach Benson yeah. had a goal. Uh, Ryan Johnson was the best Sabre on the ice, which yes. is a really good sign. I think, I think, I think it's a situation now of Ryan Johnson because he looked really good in the prospects challenge as well. Um, it's a situation where we've talked all along how he's incredibly, you would define him as pro ready. Like he's not maybe at the highest ceiling. No, but, but he's, he's ready to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like how long until this guy gets a spot and heck it might be. I mean, if he plays well enough in the last, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, six more preseason games. Yeah. Like, I mean, he might get a chance to make the opening day roster. So I think he looked like really good. Benson looked really good. I think Benson, to me, is kind of like Kulik from last year a little bit, where it just seems like he was more, he's like not NHL ready, right? but he's AHL ready. Yeah, so he could play in but Rochester. He, but he can't because the junior system is stupid. Yeah, but you're saying his ability, he can. I think he yeah. could play against men right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think he needs to go back to juniors. I think he could, if they said screw the CHL AHL agreement or whatever it is, you can play your prospects forever. I think he would be playing in the AHL no, right I, now. No, I agree because he looked really good. Um, it's Put gonna be a good performance. It's gonna be interesting. I think he's paired up with Skinner and Thompson on the top line. Um, so that's a really cool, unique situation. Um, Paterka looked really good. I thought Krabs looked really good. Yep. Um, talking about like other prospects who may not make the team, I thought Nikita Ndorov, who we talked about a lot, his skating scares me. It's kind of like what we thought Samuelson might be, where Samuelson improved his skating to so where he could be an NHL. Um, so it seems to me like he's definitely AHL all year and yeah. needs to get his skating up because he was a little. You know, we talked about James Cook having fluid hips. My man has stiff hips. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not. He's he's got to look like the blob out there. He's looking like a brick. Mm-hmm. So and I, and I would say Greenway stuff. looked really good, which is really important. Yeah, uh, obviously he's ha- he's ha- gonna not actually ha- not gonna have to have a big year, but it's a big year for him to kind of like you had your your struggles when you got traded. You turned on a little bit the last ten games. He like did. if you want a top six role and be a top six forward on this team or producer, like you got to show it. And he I think really he will. Good. I think you know we were talking as well. I mean, he was my he's my big bet last year. Anytime goal scorer. Oh and God. how does he score that goal? Stiff arming and one hands it into the net. Absolutely. Like, come on. Like, it was a sick goal. It was I'll a sick give you credit. I'll give you credit. And then <laughs> my last thing to say is that I think Kulik and Rosine were a little disappointing. I think they were a little underwhelming. I think we there was a lot of hype around them in the prospect channels. I thought they were good on the power play, but... I thought their five-on-five play was a little lacking, especially for it seems like there's a potential for one of them to potentially make the team, um, especially if Matt Savoy going down. Yeah. He, his opportunity not being, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I was I was left a little, like, mm, Yeah, you left a little just Wanting a little more. Yeah, but, uh, I thought Comrie looked pretty solid in that, too, so good for him. And Who do you, What do you think the goalie, like, lineup's going to be? I, I think, think it's going to be UPL. I think there's real potential that they keep three again because I don't know if they want to just have two young guys and at least have Comrie as like the veteran third that could play every once in yeah. a while. So you think it's um, UPL Levi and Comrie, not in that order necessarily. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. who yeah. else is going to be the 
there's not like there's a fourth goalie competing with those three. It just matters. Are you gonna do Levi UPL or is it gonna be? Well, I think Levi is a lock. Yeah, I matters, think he's the starter. It matters. Are you gonna do? I think UPL is also pretty solidified as two, but yeah. I mean, it's I kind w- of a competition between those two. If they want, want to keep two, do they keep which one? Do they keep? I don't know if they just want to keep both. I would feel I comfortable know. with UPL rocking the backup position, playing thirty games. You know what I mean? I just kind of would not. No, I just he's hot and hot. Again, this yeah, is, this is my thing about the Sabers is that they their ceiling is so high where like if they hit if they come close to them, they're going to make the playoffs. But this is what I've been talking about all off season is that they just strictly did not do enough to increase their floor. Okay. Like the floor of their team it's is still, not playoffs. Yeah, right. And like yeah, if someone could say, Oh my god, the floor of like whatever is not playoffs either I mean Colorado hit their floor last year and they made the playoffs and were still won their division, I thought. Right. And lost in the first round. But like for the Sabres, it's like, all right, your problems are still like the defense. Maybe it's like I know Ryan Johnson we talked about. Like if he's ready to go, I mean that's just a huge ad. So maybe that's the situation. But like of goaltending, it's like ones if Levi struggles. Right. What ones if you ones if you're in a cold streak of UPL, you're gonna have to put Eric Comrie in as the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's and he can be on a cold. You didn't, he can start a cold streak as well. You didn't increase your floor enough to avoid those questions not having to be asked. Right. Like if you if you added some to those specific spots and even maybe four now Quinn being injured like. No one would be asking, "Oh my God, what happens if Levi doesn't has you know, goes off to a slow start and UPL does UPL? Like, what happens then?" It's like if you would added a veteran goalie, you'd been like, "Oh, we just ride this dude for a little bit. Like, we're we're good." Yeah, they're not good if that happens. Like, if that happens, they're no, going to go. Five, they're going to go on an eight game losing streak and, and not get a single point. And go own sixteen of the points for. Yeah, and so, then they're gonna they're gonna miss the playoffs by one game. Then, so you know, I think that sounds very pessimistic. I. You're being, you're being real. You're being real. You're I think like, it's real. Yeah. But I think it's also, I still, like, if whenever this, when the season starts October 12th, like, I, I'm sure the pop before will pick them to make the playoffs. Like, I think this is the playoff team because I believe in Granado to get the best out of his players. And I believe that, I believe in Levi. Yeah. Like, I believe in Levi. But it's not, like, I don't think about, like, man, like, kind of just didn't do a lot this offseason to improve, like, you didn't didn't answer didn't improve your team where if a couple things don't hit right like you're you're done you're putting a, you know a round peg into yeah a square, square hole yeah. yeah yeah you're just yeah it's like the baby toys you're putting a triangle into a square you know it's just but but okay all right but there were some rumors and maybe this is some moves that they could make I, I, think I I'm gonna say right now they're going to make no moves but let's start with Trevor Zegras. Big Trev. Uh, a French reporter uh, said that, you know, the Ducks are offering like 3 to $4 million, which is, listen, Trevor Zegers had 65 points last year. Cousins draft, two picks after him. I'm going to say this right now. I'm kind of wanting the Bills. Uh, the Bills. God, I do this every, <laughs> every, I knew this was going to happen. We've got to do a count around this. Every, like, couple i'm like on it like every two to three pods i just drop the bills on the sabers and then now we're gonna talk, well it's because for so long now we're gonna talk about the sabers we're gonna talk i'm gonna say sabers during the bill segment too yeah, but uh, yeah now because they're both they're both back relevant yeah but with the sabers drafting cousins it was cool but it was also like i kind of would i was pro zegris at the time kind of like i was pro josh rosen over josh Allen. i'm not afraid to admit it but it yeah. seems i was wrong ish like both players have stood out and been very good i think zegris is a little his his name is overrated from the perspective of, I think, yes, he had 65 points, but he's also, I just don't think he's quite as good as Cousins is right now, but 
he has insane skill and I think he's got potential though. Adding like, him would be a huge add. Yeah. My problem and I don't believe the three to four million dollar rumor. Like that's just a ridiculous amount of money. Like that's like that's just disrespectful. Like and you don't disrespect a dude that was on the NHL you know, NHL at age twenty one. Yeah. Like you just don't kinda of do that. Do I think he's overrated by that and his name? Absolutely. Like he's a seven day he's like seven million dollar player. Yeah. But no, I, I listen, I I'm for it. Um, to bring him on on an already young team that's been blossoming under Granado's, you know, developmental coaching, I think that's a would only be a plus in the long run. And they have the cap to do it. They have the money for it. You know I think I, mean? I would be intrigued. I don't think I would. I don't know. It's it's, it's kind of like the Jason Robinson com- yes. Robertson conversation we had. Would you trade Jack Kern for Jason Robertson? Nah, heck, I would still do it even if Kern was healthy. But I think it comes to the situation of cost and then extension like how much would the extension be what is the cost and i mean we talked about this a lot like eventually you have all these prospects like these really decent prospects eventually you had to turn them into something elite like you have good yeah. prospects you have to turn them into an elite package somehow so zgrass would be a really good return it would just be like how much money would they have to pay him and then what would they have to give up that's the problem because you know you've got your core pieces to the team right now who are solid and are developing all these, you know, you have the best prospect pool in the NHL, one of the best prospect pools in the NHL. Um, you know, you'd have to give up probably something for them, and it's whether or not it's something they're willing to part ways with. That's going to be the question. Sure. You know? Like, like would... what would you be willing to part ways with if you had to pick something for Zegris? Because he he does bring a lot of potential. He's got a high ceiling. He brings to yeah. the team, you know? Yeah, like, for sure. I would say I would be out on trading Ryan Johnson, not because I think he's one of their top prospects, but he's their best defensive prospect, and I think he's in the show already now, and I don't want to trade someone who would potentially be able to make my lineup and be good. Yeah. Um. So I think I would be out on him. I think Benson would be off. After that, it's kind of free-ish game. Like, ish game. Like, I don't know. Hypothetically, I would not want to trade Kulik or Savoy, and maybe resign but if i have to trade him i would uh for zegris but then at that point you're probably going to trade middle stat uh to kind of make some get trade some money off your books and for a roster player that you know youngish that kind of had a breakout season at that point again have i been the hugest casey middle stat fan no i did defend him a lot in the second half of the year and at that point how good are you really making your team is kind of unknown because i think zegris has potential but Melissa had a good year last year, and I don't know if I'd be. I don't know if trading probably to trade another first round pick. Like at that yeah. point, like roster player, pretty decent prospect, first round pick. That's. I'm not saying that's a lot. That's a lot for me to give up because I think. I just don't don't know what Zegers would want in a contract, and yeah. I just think it's, I just it, think all those factors together kind of want me to avoid this situation. Um, but yeah, that'd probably be the, the, the precedent of the deal of roster player, good, a prospect first round pick. And for me, like I would, as the Sabres who are trying to make the playoffs, want to kind of avoid trading people on my route. Like I would maybe do a prospect trade. Yeah. Because you don't I, want to trade away your, but I don't want to trade guys. like, yeah. yes, I'm upgrading. Zgrass is an upgrade over Middlestat, uh, but right. But Middlestat was kind of showing out at the end of last season you don't want to get rid of him. yeah he was one of your better forwards right at that that point it's like why would why would you at that point yes you upgraded but like casey middlestat at 
whatever cap it, I think he's under three million dollars to Trevor Zegras, who might make seven. Seven, yeah. I think Middlestat at three is more valuable than Zegras at seven, to absolutely. be honest. And Middlestat, and then you would keep Rosine, Rosine, and have your first round pick for maybe another trade exactly. for another thing. So yeah, and Middlestat played first line last year when Tage was injured. True. And you have all these forwards coming right. up, right? So yeah, it's like no, it's like why no. would you add? Yeah. If I was doing that, maybe if you're like, oh, it's a top four D man, I'd be like, oh, okay, like I could. Yeah. I don't know who that would be, but. All right, so the second person. So I'm I'm out on Zegers. I'm out on Zegers just because I don't see the or, I don't quite see the organizational fit. No, I think I it think would maybe be different if Middlestat was still a bottom. Tier sure. Producer, if I was you know? like, if I was the Sabers from a year ago, I would I would do it. Yeah. Like a year ago from the Sabers, if I was the Sabers a year ago, I would do it. Yeah, but, because I but, do you remember how much we were talking about how little Casey Middlestat was producing for the team? Oh sure, I'm not even Middlestat, but Cousins hasn't quite broken. Yeah, right, exactly. Know, but. You haven't had those players, but yeah, this next one you're about to talk about, smoke just going so far yeah, up people's so you-know-what. It's ridiculous. Patrick Kane, rumored <sighs> to potentially come, uh, had 12 points in 19 games for the Rangers, had th- you know won three Stanley Cups, did recently have hip surgery, so he's out for a couple of months. And listen, man, we saw him in Buffalo. My man is washed with a capital W yes. and a couple of exclamation points after. The only reason this is even a relevant conversation is because he's from the Buffalo area. But, uh, if he had no ties to this city, this wouldn't even be a conversation. It really wouldn't. I mean, the pros it is really the pro of him coming is championship experience. Veteran presence. No, 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 no. Whoa, wait. Okay. Ch- championship experience <laughs> and the amount of merchandise and money the Sabres would be able to make off yeah, that. Yeah, jerseys. Yeah. All, all like, also, I mean, you had to think this too, too, like the media too, getting in on all that. Like, that would make, I know Buffalo has a lot of primetime, I don't want to say primetime games, so that's kind of weird NHL, but like nationally televised games. Yeah. Like, that would make them talked about a lot more because it's Patrick King, again, talking about Trevor egress, name value. Like, the name value in Kentucky's problem is the dude is a, j- is a jack, you know what? Like, dude's not a good dude. So no. The, the veteran presence isn't I, is, there. Isn't the, that's that's yeah. really negative, to be completely honest. No, it's and like a locker room cancer. Dude you're going to wa- end up with a jack, old version of Jack Eichel. That's what you're going to end up dude with. Dude is washed. Yes. Dude does not play defense. And a team that is very young and didn't do great. I mean, they don't need a lot more offense. They need a little bit more guys that play defense. Mm-hmm. Dude doesn't play defense. And dude also hip surgery. So, if you thought he was washed and moved bad now... My man just had hip surgery. You think he's going to, I mean, maybe he's improved, but like there's a good chance that this, that's it. No, so, no. I'm, I'm so far I'm against this. It's not even funny. This is the most ridiculous thing. Literally, like I said, the only reason this is even a relevant conversation is because he's from the Buffalo area. You say championship experience. Technically, Alex Tuck's had championship experience too. Way back in the beginning of his career. He never won a championship though. Didn't win it. But he was there. I mean, he went to the Stanley Cup final. Right? He's, he's, had, he's, he's had, had playoff, he's had playoff, playoff he, experience. He, went, he was on top of the mountain. He didn't He didn't climb back down. That's all I'm I just saying. Say. If He did the walk of if, shame back down the mountain. If Patrick Kane is interested in coming here, the Sabres will sign him, though. I'm just going to say it. Like, if Patrick Kane wants to come here, he will be a Sabre. Do you think, though, it's going to be a situation where he's like, I need to be on the first line or anything like that? Like, I mean, if that starts happening, I wouldn't I'm, get. I'm, I don't know, but I would assume that there's some stipulations, I guess, like, you can't scratch. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, know. But I feel like we're going to be taken away from the young guys who are actually showing out if we're signing listen, this old mother. F- no, I'm not even listen. Listen. No, 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 I'm stopping. Talk- this is firing me off. This I is can't. what gets more like mad about than the Jets Bills game. Yes. So. No, I am because this is so. This is like saying, okay, I'm going to try and put this in perspective. Okay. Let's just say. At okay, New England career, right? Tom Brady ends it. Okay. The show, technically, right, a lot about him, okay? 
Like, he likes things his way. The Bills, we had Josh Allen in his last year in New England, right? I'm just trying to think back now. Yes, 2019. 2019. Before his we have Josh out. Allen, right? We have young players who are starting to look up. No, we signed Tom Brady. We signed Tom Brady. That that's that's the equivalent of what's going to happen because you're going to just send Josh Allen. Honestly, down. honestly, it's 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 not even a good comparison because it's worse. Because Tom Brady at least was very like a, Tom Brady was still a Pro Bowl, right? All, yeah, like he was still okay. a good quarterback. It's like picking up. Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't. There's no comparison. Really. It's, it's just a. I don't know. It's just it's it's like if Drew Brees left the Saints after his final year. Drew Brees was washed. And, and Drew, came to the Bills, but but Josh Drew Brees Allen. is also a good locker room presence. So it's like, well, yeah, you're it's, dealing. It's with, just double. It's just double negative. Yeah, you're dealing with an old Jack Eichel that you're basically going to just resign, which is I'm very, 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 very against it, as you can tell. If you can't tell, both of us are. But yeah. so transitioning from uh, the Sabers, we already talked about the Bills. I just want to do a brief. You know, we didn't do the rundown. Um, the Bisons at you all. know, maybe I think. Maybe this season. We Next will. season or uh, well, with the bandits. I don't know too. when it's gonna. Ha- I don't know when. I forget when the seasons start or whatever. But technically, season four, this season, this or, season of the podcast. or coming up. Yeah. I think we uh, we make it back into that. It was obviously very fun. The, we just didn't have the time to kind of like de- de- transitioning how we record. It was it was, it was just hard. But now with the mm-hmm. setup, I think we're, we'll probably get more back into that. And obviously, the would you rather? We actually have a would you rather coming up actually. But and mm-hmm. the Pastor Prime Hall of Fame. We'll eventually get back into that stuff. We just again. With this kind of new sub, just kind of tinkering things and seeing how we're doing. But playing the field, we are gonna have the run down, and we have a would you rather come up. So here we go, rundown real quick with the Bisons. Uh, good season for the Bisons. Yeah. Season's over. Uh, they went seventy six and seventy two, so a third straight season going over five hundred. Fortunately, they did not make the playoffs. They went forty two and thirty one in the second half of the year. A massive improvement on a really compared bad, to the first. half. Well, the first half of the year they were really bad, yeah. like horrendously bad. They just couldn't field. They couldn't hit. They couldn't pitch. Uh, but in the second half, they had a lot of very good uh, professional at bats. Mm-hmm. I was I called. They went thirty four and, and forty one in the first half. Yeah, second half. Uh, if you won your division, the second half you made the playoffs. Fortunately, they finished five games behind Durham, and obviously they did not win their division in the first half. So uh, they end up not making the playoffs. But yeah. a productive season. Uh, Spencer Horowitz was named MVP. Nathan Lucas batted like three seventy. Ernie Clement batted in like three fifty. There's uh, some sluggers on that team. Yeah, Rafael, Rafael yeah. Antigo batted over 300. Dave Snyder, when he was here, was really good. Ricky Tiedemann, the top prospect, uh, had his debut uh, in the last series. So yeah. a lot of really good talent. Uh, again, it was fun to watch them in the second half because that lineup was deep and acid barger. Like, they had a lot of good guys. They won their final game of the year, 11-6. to So they split their final series in Buffalo last series of the year, to Norfolk, who actually won the division in the first half. So Norfolk and Durham are going to play each other. So Yeah, in the playoffs. So. Yeah, competing against the best. Obviously, Jackson Holiday, the number one prospect in all of baseball, was uh, there. He was very cool, uh, very good. He also looks like he's 14, so maybe he looks Yeah, he old. does look like a child. Um, but, yeah, I mean, second half of the season was very promising for the Bisons. Um, the sluggers slugged. I mean, it was it was fun to watch these games. Dom and I both have working ties with the Bisons in different aspects of the game, but... I mean, it's just seeing them improve from the first half of the season to the second half. I mean, you can't really complain. I mean, talk about a production jump. That's that's exactly what you want to see. And I wasn't expecting it at the end of the first half of the season. I was not expecting them to even be remotely close five games out from top of their division. So, you know, props to them. I think next season is going to be great. Well, like we said, get the rundown really moving. Cooking. Cooking, yeah, like James Cook. Uh, we'll get that back going now we're, that we're in the new setup and everything like that. So, 
Uh, looking forward to the next Bison season. It's crazy. It's going to come quicker than we can imagine. So, mm-hmm. um, and the Bandits too. We're going to get that going again because they won the NLL Cup last season and they're looking to run it back. So we're gonna we're gonna see what happens there too. Yeah. But I think it's time for some for a would you rather. We haven't done one of these in a little while, huh? Haven't done a would you rather in a little while, obviously, um, since the new setup. But we do have an intriguing real life. I, I'm not that all of them aren't real life examples, but this one truly no, this, did happen. This happened. This is nonfiction. Uh, talking about a little fancy football, so we wanted to get a little fancy football on the show, and this is kind of our unique way of doing it. Uh, would you rather? So the trade is this: Jameer Gibbs and DJ Moore for Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. So, if you were the guy having Stephon Diggs, would you accept the trade, or would you decline the trade? Okay, well, I'm the guy who was declining. Uh, or it's more of a trade. it's more of a fan question. We could give a. I'll, we'll give I, our I, analysis. I'll, I'll have to give the details. It was more just a fan question to answer, and then we were going to talk about our experience of it. So, uh, in our punishment fantasy league, uh, I traded Jameer Gibbs. And DJ Moore to my partner over here to the left. Can you shoot the camera over here? Yes. Producer? Yeah. Uh, because I had Diggs. Saquon Barkley out now, and my entire team was injured, so I had to basically purge my entire bench. So you know we're we're zero and three, rocking on this season right now, not doing good. So uh, need I had a good wide receiver room, and I needed um, I needed a running back. I needed more running backs, I should say. So um, the trade was proposed and. <laughs> Things got wild there for a minute, but the trade ended up going through. But... All I will say from my point of view is I'm very pleased with the trade. I would say I won. I won this week, going to two and one. He's I... got you 19 points. Mm-hmm. I am playing. Uh, I actually playing Gibbs Joe. Gibbs did not pan out for me. So nine points. Yep. Yeah. I'm actually playing Joe uh, this week, and the spread is 138 to 108. So I'm a 30 point favorite. Yeah. Well, DJ Moore um, actually did all right. And yeah, he had a garbage time touchdown. So. Yeah. So that helped, and but, then but Gibbs did not pan out at all for me. So no, I'm hoping for having the week. big four of my team now having Tony Pollard, Christian McCaffrey, Amara St. Brown, Stephon Diggs. Also had Kyron Williams. So uh, pretty solid squad and. Uh, I don't know. It's a situation where I was able. I, I I have a struggle with tight end. I had an offer for another spot. Couldn't get Travis Kelsey from another player who was the producer, and then he didn't want to trade me. I didn't want Sam Laporta, and of course he went off. And now the producer won't even trade me Sam Laporta. Um, so that's that's definitely tough. Uh, so it, it got me to Joe and. Listen, I was able to pressure Joe into doing it. You know, using all my persuasion. Um, Really happy I was able to do it Tuesday night before the waiver wire because uh, the, you know Joe had the number one waiver claim and was able to pick up Jerome Ford. So I was able to get him to agree to that trade before he picked up Jerome Ford. So Yeah, no. And, I, and, it, and my last point about it is that... I'm it, absolutely furious, by the way. <laughs> like, no, that, that, that I, I'm like... You know, like, I get it. It's fantasy football. It's just like, I don't know. It's it's whatever. I'm 0-3. I'm going to lose the league. I already know it. I'm not doing it next year. Um, <laughs> I, I'm out. If I lose again this year, I'm out. It's over. But Come on. No, no. If I lose again this year, I'm, I'm out. It's done. But um, no. I will. I will say you this. know, I would think I would think a co-host of a podcast <laughs> might you know you know help help someone out and not try and fleece them or anything like that. But I guess not. I guess not. I so the say- trust the trust is gone completely. So yeah, he won't be answering my phone calls for a trade. I will say this or though: phone calls in general ever. <laughs> I will say this though: I, you know, playing in leagues with Pete Bills fans, understand that I'll probably never have Josh Allen on my team. I never was going to draft Stefan Diggs, most likely, unless he obviously fell to me if I had like a late pick. 
Never was going to be able to draft James Cook. I, I, over, I didn't want to overdraft him. Never was going to really have Dalton Cade. It feels damn nice being able to root for Stefan Diggs in fantasy football. Yeah, so, I mean, I have Kincaid. He just didn't do anything last week, unfortunately. I, 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 listen, I, I believe in your team. You just if you, No, I don't believe in my team. I'm 0-3. I'm not projected yeah, barely over but 110 you, points. But you don't have Saquon, who's a 20-point-per-game scorer. And yeah, but he's have, not healthy and jo- yet. Joe Burrow's not healthy. Yes, but, uh, okay. Joe Burrow okay, got eight okay, points last okay. night. Even if Joe Burrow and Saquon were healthy, you're probably most likely not going to beat my team. But, like, you're, you're, you're in a tough stretch, but, like, your players being injured now is not bad because when you play people that are, like, bottom of the barrel, your team's going to be healthy. So then at least you'll have a healthy squad against, like, the eighth or ninth best team and you can get out of the basement. And you're also tied for last. So all you got to do... Dude, you know, as my brother... I'm not, I'm not sending my brother, by the way. Like, I can't do that. I feel so guilty if I do that. You have to. I can't. It's too... Listen, it, it, it happens to the best of them. Yeah, if I lose again, I'm out. I can't do this another year. So <laughs> just be prepared, okay? You, know you might have to you find what? your 10th no, man. You know what's next gonna happen? Year. You're gonna do it, and then you're just gonna, you know, maybe, maybe just don't trade with me again. No, I'm never accept a trade from you again. No matter if it's just a fun league, never, 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 never. If, if you're, if we ever do a Buffalonian like big league and like get an invitational league and have people like do it, if Dom ever approaches with a trade, here's my my, my favorite do trade not. of all time. And I don't want to make this too long and make this a large story, so I'll make it quick. My favorite trade of all time was my dad had Ezekiel Elliott, and Ezekiel Elliott was suspended six games, and I was able to trade Ezekiel Elliott for C.J. Anderson because C.J. Anderson was playing really well, and I had a forehead monster of Le'Veon Bell for the playoffs. I had a forehead monster of Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, and Ty Gurley. Back when Ty Gurley was him. I drafted Bell Gurley for my first two, drafted CG in the fourth, flipped him for Zeke Elliott, and drafted Kareem Hunt rookie year late. And I also had <coughs> Travis Kelsey because he was back when he was a Alex Smith and was a fifth-round tight end. Yeah. And uh, let's put it this way. I won the league that year. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was telling producer Michael this before. I literally, in every other league, I'm positive. I'm 3-0 and or 2-1. and it is the punishment league that I'm just cursed. I can never, I can never win in it. I'm, I'm losing my mind here. Like I'm literally three and zero and two and one in every other league I'm in. Three and zero in the money league, by the way, sixty dollar buy-in. So winner take all. Hey, I'm making you feel like, better. I'm making you feel better. Dalton Cade matchup this week. 29th against tight ends. Okay, that does make me feel a little better. You could have a big game, I guess, but I don't know. Dawson Knox is probably going to get the brunt of it. He seems to be. The you primary. also got screwed from the fact of your the team you were playing scored a combined forty six points because from their kicker and defense because they had the Bills defense and Tyler Bass. That never happens. No, like that's a no. Abnormal. It would have been a closer game actually. Take that away. Yeah. Normal defensive performance. If, you just gotta get he- once you get healthy. I need Saquon Barkley back. I literally and I had Aaron Rodgers as my backup. Well, that's what I'm saying. Achilles in the first Rashard game. White had a tough matchup. You're yes, gonna, you're gonna have a three, but you're gonna have Barkley. I just need to not come in last. Like, that's it. Barkley, that's all I need. Please, Rashard, like. This is all I'm saying, but this is what I'm saying. You have once Barkley comes back, you're gonna have Barkley, Rashard White, Jameer Gibbs. You have Jerome Ford as your fourth. If you honestly feel like you need help somewhere, you could probably trade Jerome Ford to like a certain player in our league who lost Nick Chubb, and they will probably give you an. They have a lot of wide receivers. It's actually not a bad idea. Look at the wide receivers on his team yeah. after this. Yeah. So 
All right. Free fantasy voice. You know what? The Buffalonian Invitational will be a thing. I do want to make that happen because and Joel will not be leaving the Punishment League. I even, will or will not be. We have to see what the result <laughs> is. Even, <laughs> even we're waiting to the end for that. Even one. how much he wants to try, you will never be able to leave. No, I won't actually. I'm like locked in. I feel like I'm going to be pressured it's, like I was in that damn trade. But anyway, this is going to do it for this edition persuaded. of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly. As always, I'm joined by Dom Loss. Big thanks to Michael Loss behind the equipment producing. Appreciate you. And everything you do. And Dom, we'll see you Friday, by the way, for betting on the Bills. Completely forgot to plug that. But Dom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills.